taking time during the weeks leading up to Christmas to prepare our hearts for the celebration of His coming? That's what Advent is all about. And Barbara Rainey says it helps us cultivate faith. Advent helps us anticipate. I think it builds anticipation. And one of my favorite writers has written that loss of expectation is loss of faith. What else is faith but expectation? And I love that quote, that when we expect, we're believing. And when we're anticipating, we're believing. And I think that's really, really good for us. This is Family Life Today. Our host is the president of Family Life, Dennis Rainey, and I'm Bob Lapine. There are lots of people wanting you to be thinking about lots of different things during these weeks before Christmas. We think it's good for all of us to be thinking about the celebration of Jesus coming. We'll talk more about that today. Stay with us. And welcome to Family Life Today. Thanks for joining us. I just need to make sure our listeners understand, you prepare for Family Life Today very differently than your wife prepares for this program when she is joining us on Family Life Today, as she is today. Barbara, welcome back to Family Life Today. Thank you, Bob. And here's what I mean by that. Yeah, why don't you tell me what you we mean have, We have been <laughs> doing this program for 24-plus years now. Over 5,000 broadcasts. In, in those 24-plus years— I've been here. There has never been a day that you've come in to the studio with four brown paper bags that have glitter and glue— and numbers on them. You've never come up with a little craft like this for our program. You just come in with some notes, and here's what I want to talk about, and let's go. Come on, come on. And your wife comes, and this is beautiful. She brought in, she's brought in some bags with glitter and glue on them. And she's appealing to something that you and I both, when we were little boys and even today as adults, she's appealing to our curiosity. Mm-hmm. What's in Bag number one. And what's in number two and three and four? I remember where my mom used to stash all the Christmas presents before she would put you them knew under where the— they, You knew where they were hidden? Oh, yeah. What are you kidding? I mean, I, I was a, a super sleuth around the house. Snoop is what you were, not sleuth. Snoop. Oh, well, that's true, too. But I, I would sniff them out, and I admit one time I found the closet— Upstairs, our house was a small, small house, and uh, it was kind of dark up there, but there was no one watching. And so I, I kind of unwrapped a couple of the presents. Of the presents. Yeah. And my mom was a better sleuth of me. <laughs> but here's the thing. The anticipation of leading up to Christmas is something that every child, every adult enjoys— And I think what Barbara is doing here around Advent and Christmas is appealing to that curiosity and trying to get us to think about what's in bag number one. (laughs) And I think she's going to let you do it in a second after we talk about what Advent is. You you brought these in as object lessons for us on today's program, right? Well, they're object lessons, but it's also a way for listeners to hear us do this and go, oh, that's not so hard. I could do that. I could even do that this year. So I'm, even though they can't see it, I'm trying to illustrate for them that practicing Advent is not that hard. It's not that difficult. And here's an easy way that you can practice Advent with your family. Even this year, even though the first Sunday of Advent was last Sunday, there are still four Sundays left. 
and you could still do it this year if you there, wanted to. There are four lunch sacks here on the table. Just plain old brown lunch sacks, nothing fancy. And with glitter and glue, you've got numbers one, two, three, and four on here, and these are designed to create the curiosity, and, and then we reveal the mystery at some point. And you just thought of this as a way for moms and dads to engage kids and to get them thinking and excited about what this season represents. Mm -hmm. In fact, during the Advent season, we've been sending emails and text messages to folks trying to give them ideas like this that they can use with their family so that the Advent season, the the time leading up to Christmas, can have more of a a spiritual focus, more of a Jesus focus than it currently does. So this is just one of those craft ideas you said, this is something a mom can do easily with her kids. Right. And what it does is it builds anticipation. As you said earlier, kids are naturally curious and they look forward to Christmas, but they look forward to it for what I'm going to get. And doing Advent and having something fun for Advent builds curiosity and it directs it toward the real meaning of Christmas. So do I get to open bag one? You may open bag number one, Bob. Before I open it, explain for listeners what the benefits are of taking time out to focus on Jesus during the Advent season. The whole purpose for Advent, the reason that the church fathers came up with this idea back in the Middle Ages, was to encourage people who were believers in Christ to prepare their hearts for Christmas Day. It's a way to anticipate His coming. It's a way to look forward to celebrating the birth of Christ on Christmas Day. So when we practice Advent today, it's essentially the same thing. It's a way to mark the time but it's also a way to build anticipation. So I think there are some real benefits for families. And the first one is, is it teaches us to be patient. We are not a patient people in this culture. Our children aren't patient. We're not patient. We're so used to everything being readily available whenever we want it. But if you mark Advent and you can only open one lunch sack, for instance, or one little box, and you have to wait a whole week for the next one, it teaches us as people to be patient, and that's a good quality. It's a good attribute. So that's the first one. Well, before you move on and explain more about Advent, I'm just thinking of how the nation of Israel had to wait. How long? Oh, After the book of, of uh, God's last words to the nation of Israel in, in the book of Malachi? <laughs> that's Malachi. It's Malachi, right? <laughs> it's Malachi, in case you're wondering. I just want to make sure our listeners are listening. God's last words, listen to this before there was silence for 400 years. It says in chapter 4, verse 5, Behold, I will send you Elijah, the prophet, before the great and awesome day the Lord comes. There's Advent. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction." So I think God's always been teaching human beings about being patient. But can you imagine? He had had generations perishing, Mm -hmm. being patient for the coming of the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And so out of what appears to be silence, God speaks in the book of Matthew chapter 1 and chapter 2, and here comes Christ. Another benefit, I think, for celebrating or marking the days of Advent is that it it helps us to pause and reflect about who Christ is. And so if you have something like these four sacks that I brought today, 
and there's a sack that you can open, and there's an object in there that you can take out and talk about, it helps us be still for a minute. It helps us reflect. It helps us talk about Jesus and why he came and why it matters to us as believers. So I think being still and having a few minutes to reflect is another um, benefit to Advent. And having the object that's in the sack that you pull out is really important. When I taught a sixth grade Sunday school class for 11 years, had over 550 kids go through my class, I was constantly using curiosity to keep their attention and to teach them. And there's really something that happens when you've got uh, a sack that you refuse to open. In fact, you remember, sweetheart, they would just be on the edges of their seats wondering, what in the world is Mr. Rainey going to do today? Uh, do, you, do you know what's in these sacks? Uh, do you know? Oh, you know, don't you? Uh, How do you know? Did she tell you or did you did you sneak and find out? Let's just say that the instructor of this broadcast and I have a close relationship. <laughs> That's no fair. Because <laughs> you know and I don't. That's, that is not fair. All right. Is it time for number one? Can I open number one? No, because I have two more reasons I want right. to talk to you about Advent. Scold okay. him. Scold him for <laughs> being impatient. Okay. So why else should we be celebrating Advent? Advent. <laughs> Oh, dear. Well, the third reason is, is I think Advent helps us anticipate. I think it builds anticipation. And one of my favorite writers has written that loss of expectation is loss of faith. What else is faith but expectation? And I love that quote because I think she's so right that when we expect, we're believing. Mm. And when we're anticipating, we're believing. And I think that's really, really good for us. Do you remember Laura on Christmas morning? Oh, Yes. She hardly slept the night before. Yeah, she's always been that way from the time she was little because she was so excited about Christmas Day. And then we made them sit on the steps stairs. of the stairs. Yeah, while you built a fire and we had our coffee and they were so <laughs> frustrated with us because we made them mean, wait. You are mean parents. We were mean parents. You are mean parents. So I'm ready for the bag. Okay, but one more. One more. One more. Reason number four is that Advent encourages eternal decisions because I think when we take the time to think about Jesus and why he came to earth, it naturally makes us go, oh, do I know him? And as moms and dads, it's a great opportunity for you to say to your kids, do you know Jesus? Have you invited him into your heart? So Advent is a way for us to pause in the middle of the busy season. And all of us want meaningful moments during the Christmas holiday. We just don't know how to do it. So if we take advantage of Advent, it helps us have those conversations. It may lead to the most important decision you or one of your kids will ever make. So I'm ready. I have to make one more comment about what Barbara's Barbara's talking about, an eternal decision, because she said something I never thought about before. What about the eternal decision the innkeeper made to say there's no room here for you? His inn could have been the birthplace of the Messiah, the King of kings, the Lord of lords. But he had no room in the inn. I'd never thought about that before. Our decisions now make an impact upon eternity. All right, so is it time? Are you ready? I'm ready. I've been ready. (laughs) Yes, you can open sack number one. Sack number one, and I'm reaching in. And so, okay, all right, this is the first of the 
the ornaments. This is the one that says Jesus is the light. It's the globe. I'm the light of the world. John but because 8, you opened it, see, you can, you can hang that on the tree. So now I get to hang it on the you tree. You get to be the one to hang it on the tree. There is also a, there's a crown yeah. at the top uh-huh. here. All right. Uh-huh. Do all of them have crowns They at the all top? have crowns on them. Okay. And then what we would do if we were doing this in our home is I would get the little book or Dennis would get the little book and we would read the story about Jesus being the light of the world and the why little, he's the— what, The little book that comes with yes, this? Yes, uh-huh. Okay, so there's a devotional you can take a family Correct. through. Yeah, you, can, so this on the you can talk to a child about uh, what happens when light comes into a dark room. Mm-hmm. Or you can ask your kids, have you ever been afraid of the dark? And talk about the difference between light and dark. You might take the, after reading the verse here, you might take this this globe after reading the verse and turn off all the lights in your house and then restate the verse again. Jesus said, I am the light. And then flip the switch on mm-hmm. and say, what did, what did the light do? Well, it made apparent what reality is. Yeah. And it caused the darkness to flee. Do you like it better as a child when there's light on or when it's dark? Mm -hmm. Do you feel safer when there's light on or when it's dark? Well, I can tell you when I was a little boy, the most dangerous place on the planet was our basement. It was dark in there. There was an old coal bin Mm -hmm. that no longer held coal, but there was no light bulb in there. And I was convinced that there was a really big boogeyman, <laughs> who I called a booger man for a number of years, yes. but a boogeyman who uh, who lived in there. And I have to tell you, my mom would send me down to the basement to get a package of hamburger, frozen hamburger, out of the freezer, and I would carefully go down the steps. I would dash over to the, the freezer. <laughs> You'd run past the I would. little bin. Huh? I absolutely would, and I'd grab the hamburger, and I'll bet I didn't hit one out of every four steps coming back up, blazing at the speed of light. I was really afraid as as a, a boy, a young boy, of that darkness. I think there's a lot of kids that are afraid of the darkness, and they need to know the light. Hmm. All right, so yeah. that's in bag number one. So your thought is, with these ornaments, mm-hmm. if you put each one in a bag and just marked them one, two, and three, and four, it's a way to create some mystery, get kids looking forward to what's next week, so I'd, I'd reach over here and get bag number two, and I'd pull out the ornament that says that Jesus is the Son. Mm-hmm. And so what would you do with that? I would read the story about Jesus as the Son because it talks about why sonship is important. Why does it matter that Jesus came to earth as God's Son? And I would talk about that with my kids. They might not all comprehend it because my little ones might be too little to get it, but it doesn't matter. They would hear me talking about the Savior. And then whoever's turn it was to open that bag, it was their privilege to find the place on the tree for that. And kids love that. I mean, they love getting into that. And being the only one that week that got to hang the ornament, they're, they're, they feel special. It's the honored place that child number two gets to open bag number two or whatever. So what you're describing here might take a family three minutes. Mm-hmm. It's, it could, or it could take ten minutes if you had, if you decided to expand it a little bit and have a little bit of a discussion, well, depending could. upon the age of the kids. Right, but the point is, is it would not take very long if you were really rushed. And I think so often we hesitate to do something like this that's meaningful because we we think we're not prepared. We think it's going to take too long. It's going to be too much work, too much trouble. But as we just illustrated. 
paper lunch sacks are very easy to do. You can put a number on it with a red or green magic marker, and the kids are still going to get into it. And that three minutes, we may think that's not significant, but when you make an impression like that in three minutes— Ten years later, kids are still talking about, I remember that year that mom did the thing with the sex. Right. And we forget the power of God's Word. We forget that God's Word never returns void. And so if we, even if we do nothing but read Jesus' name and read the verse and hang the ornament on the tree, we are helping to turn our kids' hearts toward Christ, even with just that little bit. And don't underestimate the power that this can have even on a toddler. I've watched this happen with children 18 months, 24 months old. Even though they're not yet able to string words together in a sentence, they understand more than you think. Mm -hmm. So you may go through all four of these, and you may talk about each of the names of Christ and how his first advent represented those things. When you pull them out a year from now, ask your, your son or your daughter if he or she remembers what that is all about. So the sack number three has in it the ornament that says Jesus is the Word. Mm-hmm. John 1, in the mm-hmm. beginning was the Word. The Word became flesh. And, and a, lot, a lot of people struggle with that concept of what does it mean that Jesus is the Word. How would you explain that to a five-year-old? Well, I think I would go back to Genesis because in the beginning, in Genesis 1, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then when you read the verse that's on the globe, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and you tie those two together, you help your child understand that the Word is a name for God, and that's Jesus' name because He came to earth to talk to us, to tell us in words who God is. And so word is not the kind of a a term we use as a name. We use all kinds of other terms as names. But in God's economy, the term word is a name that describes perfectly who Jesus is. Mm -hmm. It is a hard concept, but that doesn't mean we shouldn't teach it. So help your kids begin to understand that Jesus is the word because of what he came to do. Wait, you're opening the fourth sec? I'm I'm going to do at least one. (laughs) At least one. I really like this one because this speaks of Jesus is the messenger, and uh, it's red, has gold letters that are raised, and it says, the messenger of the covenant in whom you delight, behold, he is coming. That's from Malachi chapter 3, verse 1. And the cool thing about him being the messenger is, is he brought the message of redemption to the planet, and this is the gospel. You have children who need to be introduced to Jesus Christ and be invited to place their faith in Him as their their Lord and Savior. Well, you can be a messenger, and then you can talk about after they receive the messenger, they too can represent Him and be a messenger on His behalf. And I think if there's a big issue missing in families today— is we're not on message and we're not on mission. We're not fulfilling what God created us to be and to do in this culture. And I think, once again, it points out the need here at here Christmas time, how Jesus gave us a message that the world really needs today. People need to know his love and his forgiveness. They feel guilty because of what they've done wrong, and they need to know that Almighty God has forgiven them by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for their sins. And I couldn't agree more, and I think it's the missing part of Christmas, which is why I'm trying to help turn families 
to conversations about Christ because that's what Christmas is all about. It's all about the coming of Jesus Christ to our planet because he loved us, because he knew we needed to be redeemed. And we need to be talking about that more at Christmas. That's our goal. That's our purpose is to try to help families have tangible ways, things that they can put on their tree, things that they can touch and talk about that help them keep the focus of Christmas on the real meaning for the holiday and not get pulled off and distracted by all the other things that are around us um, that take our eyes off of the real reason for Christmas. And if you think about it, your children, as they grow up and become teenagers, if there's ever a time in a young person's life when they need to know that God has a mission for them, that God has a purpose for them, and he wants them to be messengers, I think it's during the teenage years. It's when their friends are pressing in with other messages and trying to get them to conform to the world. This is really a valuable object lesson at Christmas time that can be applied in a young lady's life or a young man who's who's growing up to adulthood. Well, and again, I'd encourage our listeners, they've heard us talking about what you've been doing, but they need to see it. They can go to our website, familylifetoday.com, and see this year's ornaments that you've created. These are the Advent names. They're in globe shape. And you can order them from us online at familylifetoday.com or if you just want to look at them, again, go to familylifetoday.com. You can also order by calling 1-800-FL-TODAY. There's a set of four globe-shaped ornaments, one that identifies Jesus as the Son, Jesus as the Messenger, Jesus is the Word, and Jesus is the Light with corresponding Bible verses on each of these globes. Uh, again, order online at familylifetoday.com or call 1-800-FL-TODAY to order the new adornments or previous sets that are available as well. Now, today is Giving Tuesday here in the United States. I know last Friday was the big shopping day, and nonprofit ministries like ours are hoping that today will be a big giving day. The end of the year is a significant time for ministries like ours. This is a time when as much as 40% of your annual revenue comes in when people make year-end contributions. And so next year and what we're able to do in the year ahead really is determined in large measure by what happens today and in the weeks to come leading up to New Year's Day. Have you thought about making a year-end contribution to support Family Life Today? Uh, A day like Giving Tuesday would be a great day to do that. And I'm going to let our listeners in on a little secret. There's a matching gift that some friends of our ministry have put together, and they are making these matching funds available for donations that we receive during the month of December. But I ask our team, would it be possible for folks who give on Giving Tuesday for those funds to be matched as well? seems like if folks are going to go to the effort to give on a day like today, we ought to see if we could uh, get those funds matched. And so we've been able to clear the hurdles. It's all okay with the folks who are are making the, uh, the matching funds available. Whatever you give today will be tripled thanks to the matching gift. If you give a dollar, we'll add $2 to that from the matching fund. So would you consider going online and making a gift to support Family Life Today? Or call us at 1-800-FL-TODAY and make a donation. Thanks for whatever you're able to do in support of the Ministry of Family Life today here on Giving Tuesday. We appreciate your partnership with us. 
And we hope you can join us back again tomorrow when we're going to continue talking with Barbara Rainey about how we can keep Christ at the center of our thinking during the weeks leading up to Christmas. I want to thank our engineer today, Keith Lynch, along with our entire broadcast production team. On behalf of our host, Dennis Rainey, I'm Bob Lapine. We'll see you back tomorrow for another edition of Family Life Today. Family Life Today is a production of Family Life of Little Rock, Arkansas. Help for today. Hope for tomorrow.